Today's guest is a breath of fresh air. When I finished editing this episode, I was actually watching the president, the final presidential debates for the 2020 election. So the timing of this episode couldn't be more perfect. My guest is Claudia Zapata, and she is a dynamic future politician who is bringing the human aspect back to politics, and I really think she's going to change the world. She has a fresh, new perspective on what she wants to do when she gets into office, and she's sharing her journey with us on her podcast and her Instagram, What Are You Running For? I think you'll find Claudia's story pretty amazing and honest, which is what we could use a lot more of in the world of politics. Enjoy. Hey friends, you're listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. I'm your host, Desiree Wool. I've got something to say, you've got something to say, so let's get talking. Hi, Claudia. I am so glad that you have decided to be on the show because I've been watching your recent journey unfold. Um, I think I actually found you through Instagram and have just been watching this whole new thing for you unfold and it's been so exciting so thank you so much for coming on slightly unfiltered oh well thank you for having me it's definitely been exciting and I'm just I'm winging it in all honesty so everything that you see me posting I have no idea what I'm doing but I'm just doing it regardless Oh my gosh. I love it. And you know what? I think that's all of us. I think we're, we're all trying to look like we're polished and poised and we know what the hell we're doing, but really most of us have no clue. So I'm always excited when I meet other women who are on a mission, but very honest about the fact that she has no fucking clue what she's doing. <laughs> and so oh, that's what yes. I was I was really attracted to you because of that, because I was like, look at this shit she is being publicly open about how the fact that you're getting ready to run for office and you're dropping f-bombs and just being the real authentic woman you are how how did you gain the courage to pick politics as your platform but still be yourself at the same time well um so quick little life journey here. I thought I was going to be a pop star up until I was uh, seven years old and my family told me that I sucked and I should give up on that dream. So I did and I dropped that for wanting to become president. So since I was seven, I've known that I've wanted to be president or be involved in politics some way, somehow. Um, And a lot of that comes from me I guess talking back to my mom, she always said I was good at debating. And so that kind of always got into my head and made my ego a little too big. Um, but really, I think just the passion and the care that I have for others, I feel is so genuine. And I feel like we don't have that in politics, that kind of transparency and, and openness to just being a regular person who cares about others and so that's why you want to get involved. Um, and that's what drives me to, to want to get involved. 
Um, and I just find that politics for me, it's just one, it's fun for me. It's not fun for everybody, but it's fun for me. And so I'm just like, okay, it's fun for me because I love research and I love policy and, and problem solving. Um, but then I can also create change and hopefully make the world a better place for you know the most amount of people that I can. So why not just combine the two and just jump into politics? Um, and so that's that's really kind of my driving goal there. Do you have a background in politics? What it, What is your background that has kind of helped support this along the way? So um, I pretty much just did a whole bunch of like student government and debate, like in elementary, middle, high school. Um, but when I was in college, I did intern at the Texas legislature. Um, for a representative who has like a big fucking scandal <laughs> and um, that really taught me a lot of lessons um, about ethics um, and what not to do really um, but I still learned something from it so that was good uh, and then I also interned for a they're a nonpartisan organization um, and the program is called Project Vote Smart and I always recommend it to people when you're trying to look up bills or like what are people's stances on certain things because it's nonpartisan and we all have to take a training and we are constantly graded basically by how nonpartisan we can be um, and so the language is not going to be divisive it's just purely factual information that allows you to understand it and then make your own determination and so I really really enjoyed that because it allowed me to look at policies and look at individuals and look at their morals and driving values, like from just a human perspective, not like, a you know, not trying to put a lens over it and, you know, throw politics into it immediately, but just from one human to another. Um, and so I really, really loved that. And then I currently work for the state of Texas, can't go into like too much detail about what that is, but um, it's giving me definitely a big insight um, into kind of the issues that we face, um, just even like, like data and like technology wise, which is like, you know, just being able to formulate reports and statistics and draw on data um, is one of my big passions, um, but yes, so kind of been involved my whole life and hope to kind of stick to it. I, I don't like the idea of being a career politician, but because, you know, everyone's like, oh, we hate politicians. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, we hate the establishment and all of that. Um, and I'm just like, well, if like you're in politics, like you're a politician, like if you're an elected official, like that's kind of what you are. So I just hope to reshape what it means to be a politician and to not have such like a, a negative connotation associated to it. It really feels like you're bringing the human aspect back to it. And that's what I really love. You, you are talking about how it's affecting people and how we can change to make people better. I think that's really admirable. I think that's one of the things that politics has always been a turnoff for me because it feels like it's, it's for the system. I, it, it is, I've always struggled with it feeling like, is this really good for the people? And so I just 
find it admirable and I commend you for bringing the heart and the human back into politics. So that's amazing. You also have a journey that uh, that so many of my um, people and my audience can relate to is you're really big on mental health. And that's huge for me. Um, I lost somebody very close to me to suicide and it was it was very eye opening. And, and I've struggled with depression and anxiety in life as well. But actually losing somebody who lost the battle was really eye opening for me as to how much we need to be paying better attention to mental health. So you have a story about how you checked yourself into a behavioral center. Tell us what that was like and, and how yes. that kind of sparked some things for you. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll make this part the introduction, the background short. Um, but it, right around when lockdown started happening for COVID, um, between March and June, I had a cough that would not go away and I was tested for COVID eight different times. They all came back negative. I was diagnosed with bronchitis and then asthma that came from the bronchitis. And then at one time walking pneumonia and I was constantly going to the hospital because I just, I couldn't breathe. Um, and I felt like I was going crazy and it made my anxiety levels spike up. Um, and as someone who's always dealt with depression and anxiety since I was in high school, uh, I knew that I was starting to reach my limit and that I was about to start overflowing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't until early June that I was officially diagnosed with a voice disorder and it's called vocal cord dysfunction. And so what happens is your vocal cords are supposed to open when you breathe in to allow air into your system. And they're supposed to close just slightly when you blow out. Um, and what happens with vocal cord dysfunction is that your muscles don't know how to act sometimes. They, they just really fucking act up and they ruin it for you. Um, and so sometimes like, when no, I breathe bitch, in- Like, no, bitch, you're not saying anything. <laughs> exactly. They're like, no, no air for you today, bitch. Uh-uh. And my vocal cords will snap shut when I'm breathing in. So it doesn't allow me to get any air in. Anyone I feel like would be going crazy if they were experiencing this yeah. and just feel all sorts of, of anxiety. Um, and I really felt like I was dying. Um, and this caused me to spiral. And it, in about the span of five weeks, so I would say like mid-May to mid-June, um, I lost 25 pounds because I couldn't eat. Um, I was scared to eat because it felt like I was choking every single time I did. And it was very hard to swallow. And I was very breathless. So I wasn't eating. I was living off of like one insure a day, wow. um, maybe half an insure a day. And then a funny thing starts happening once you've entered starvation. Um, your body doesn't let you sleep uh, mm -hmm. at all. And so I was, I couldn't go to sleep for about three weeks. And I was waking up like at 5am, 4am, just hungry, like my body begging for food for something. Um, and it wasn't until one morning in June when I woke up and all of, I, I was just so tired of it. I was so tired of feeling like I was dying and seeing myself just wither away. 
um, because I, I just, I physically looked extraordinarily ill um, and I hated seeing that and I did not like it. And so I finally, I, I broke down. I remember I woke up at 6 a.m. and I just started calling every place that I could think of. At first it was like eating disorder, um, like behavioral health centers. Then it was just straight behavioral health centers. And then I scheduled like pre-check-in like interviews at several of them. I was trying to figure out how much they would cost because I was just on a mission from that point on to get better. Um, but the most helpful thing that I did, and I'm so lucky that I have the support from my family that I do, is I called my mom and I just started sobbing. And I told her, like, I can't do this anymore, mama. Like, I, I feel like I'm actually going to die. Like, I'm I feel like I'm actually going to kill myself, not on purpose, but -hmm. just because I can't function and I'm not eating and I'm not sleeping. I can't do anything. Like I don't even have energy to stand up on my own. Like I think I'm going to die if I continue down this path. And my mom, because she knows how she's very understanding of like mental health issues because I went through it all during high school. Um, She immediately said, okay, like you got it. I'm going to move in with you and your boyfriend for the next couple of months or however long it is that you need. And I'm going to cook for you. I'm going to make sure that you eat, going to make sure that you sleep. I'm going to go with you to all your doctor's appointments, but like whatever it is that you need, like I'm going to be there all the time. Like you're not, I'm I'm not going to let you die. And hearing that from my mom was just, it felt like a weight had just been lifted off of my body because who else is going to take care of you besides like your family, you know, and it, or if you have that connection or your chosen family yeah. and just having her say that, I just felt like, okay, like everything's going to be all right now because I know my mom is not going to let me just go. Like, yeah. and so, uh, I was able to, with her assistance, check myself into a behavioral health center Um, And I did intensive treatment. So that was six days a week, five hours each day. Um, And that was purely all of it was group therapy. And I actually love group therapy a lot more so than than one on one. But I always recommend group therapy um, for individuals. And it was the best thing I've ever done. And that really going through all of this, because I I just graduated from my intensive um, uh, therapy in August, going through all of this and relearning about myself and recentering and refocusing is really what drove me to say, okay, now is the time to start the podcast. Now is the time to get involved because you are much more confident in who you are and like you, you know, like you mentioned, mental health is like one of my biggest passions, I would say. Um, and just normalizing the fact that we are all humans and that to be human is to experience emotion, good and bad. Yeah. And I really would like to bring that back to government and to politics and to the way that people view it and to know that we are, you know, normal people and that we have issues and we have problems, um, but we are capable of great things, no matter those issues or problems. We all equally are, you know, it's not just like the chosen lucky few who are really eloquent and sophisticated that can lead. 
anybody can lead. You just have to have the passion and the heart to do so. And the rest you can learn along the way. Oh my gosh. Ah, you're touching my heart. <laughs> I love this so much. I think it's so important. And I just want to reiterate how it's, asking for help takes a lot of strength. I think there is still a lot of stigma that people look at asking for help when it comes to their mental health and where they where they are. Um, they still look at it as a sign of weakness. So number one, I just want to applaud you for being able to say, I need some fucking help. Like, like I'm going to die if I don't get help. And kudos to you for doing the work. I think that's a huge part of it. We, we kind of get this feeling like, okay, I've, I've said I feel like crap, everything's supposed to be magically fixed now. And you've actually put in the work to making sure that you've learned how to keep moving forward. So kudos and applauses to you for being well, such a thank you. recognizing that. I just absolutely love it. Oh, it gives me goosebumps even just thinking about it. How do you, speaking of that, beyond you know group therapy how do you make sure that you're that you're giving yourself the love that you need oh well i was actually talking about this with my sister yesterday um because i i think by the time that this episode is released my third episode will be out and i'm Yay. going to finally announce who it is that i'm going to run against or oh whose seat i'm going to try to take and yesterday, my sister and I were talking about it because this person is very, very well loved and admired in Texas. And I told her, I was like, you know, like, I hope that people, if I'm elected, which would just be super fucking awesome, um, if I'm elected, I hope that people understand that if I preach self-care and self-love, I'm going to practice it. And so that means taking time out for myself and doing the things that make me happy. And people can sometimes see it as selfish and sometimes people admire like the workaholic attitude. Mm -hmm. But I think that really is almost disrespecting yourself and your time to you. And so not only, you know, do I do therapy and all of that, like on a regular weekly basis, uh, but I always try to stay focused on my main goal and understand that it's everything that I'm doing is feelings-based and heart-driven. And so as long as I feel like I have the capacity to love and to care, then I'm going to continue fighting the fight that I am. But if I ever feel like I am at that capacity, which I don't think it's possible for me not to love and care, <laughs> um, but if I'm ever at that area where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this because I feel like I'm starting to become jaded or I'm not giving my all into it, then that's when I know I would, you know, tap out and say, okay, you know, maybe like something else. Um, but I definitely practice self-care. Um, and for me, that includes shopping. I'm a <laughs> shopaholic and I'm a foodie um, as well. So there's really good food for me. It's just like, mwah, like the piece de resistance. It is so great. And I, I recently just came back from a vacation to Colorado and I hadn't been since I was a young child. Um, and that really felt like just refreshing, just new because 
the pandemic has us all suffering one way or another we're all suffering and um it was just nice to have like a covid safe vacation and just like being out in nature um especially because i'm not one for nature um i'm very much like a girly girl and i like being inside and spa days and all of that but i was like you know what let me give this nature thing a try you know and let me see what all the hype is about you know with being you know healthy and exercising and all of that um, for sure what yeah outside <laughs> what is that and i actually bought my first two pair of yoga pants before nice. that i did not own any oh uh, but i bought gosh. some for the trip uh and just i guess i understand like why people like recommend exercise and like yeah. being outdoors now is because it just feels good and generally if you're like out on a hike there's really no one around you Mm-hmm. And so like, I just, I played some music and it was just like walking around, looking, stopping wherever I wanted to. And I was like, oh, so like, this is what it means to like be at peace and like have solitude and be comfortable in it. Yeah. Um, and so I just, if you have not tried exercise or like just walking <laughs> around, I highly recommend it because it actually does work. I have, I have a friend who, I, I call her crazy, but really she's addicted to the dopamine that she gets from exercising. And I used to ask her, I was like, I'm addicted to not exercising. And she's like, just wait. She's like, if you start on a regular basis, you actually get addicted to, to how you feel after you've worked out. And I was like, I'm going to have to take your word on that. And she goes, just start with a walk. And it was actually pretty amazing. I'm now in the habit of, I, I get up most mornings and walk the dogs pretty early. And what a few minutes of clarity, just being, you know, like you said, out in the fresh air, nobody else around, we can stop when we want, you know, that kind of thing. So I think there really is something to exercise as much as I don't want to admit (laughs) yeah same and my sister is very much she's very active and her and I are very close so she's tried getting me to like do yoga or just something any sort of movement and I've always been against it I'm like I'm anti-physical movement I love staying in one place (laughs) like that's just who I am Um, but I'm like okay it's not so bad my mind and my mouth run enough for the rest of me (laughs) (laughs) exactly I'm like they already make me exhausted like I don't need to be physically exhausted too oh my gosh so fun Claudia are you ready for some rapid fire questions oh yes okay um who is someone either in your life or even a celebrity that you admire Beyonce why she is the only person who I think empowers all people to feel strong in their skin and beautiful in their skin. Yeah, Queen Bay, love her. What is real one thing that really pisses you off? People who chew loudly. Oh, yes. I just there was some sort of research done about it or some study that came out a few years ago and it was like people have a certain part in their brain that goes off when they can hear people chewing. And my poor mama, I don't know if she just has thin skin in her cheeks or something, but anytime she eats around me, you can hear it. And I just get so, it's like immediate, just like anger. I see red. So that's what, that's what it is. Oh my gosh. How funny. What is your favorite swear word? Bitch. <laughs> oh, bitch is a good one. It, Cause you can, it's positive. Cause you can be like, Oh, bitch. 
but then you can also be like fuck that bitch or you can just be like bitch what yeah there's just so many uses bitch is a good one if you could share one piece of advice for women everywhere what would it be just do it Taking one from Nike there, but it's, it holds very true to everything. You know what? It's a timeless piece of advice. I absolutely love it. And then complete this sentence for me. Being slightly unfiltered means? Means being the truest you that you can be. Oh, that's it. Yes, I absolutely love it. Claudia, this has been such a great conversation. I feel like I could talk to you for hours more. So hopefully you'll come back on the show. um, And I will be sure to include a link to your podcast below. Tell everybody the name of your podcast and what you're doing in over the next couple years. So my podcast is called Running for Office. And my hope is that it provides a resource and guide for anybody to how to give them an idea of how to run for office or what it looks like and provide a behind the scenes look as to what it takes. Um, I will be running for Congress in 2022. And so for right now, that is what the podcast will be focused on. And you're going to hear all the good, the bad the very, very ugly, my thoughts on everything, because I just want to be as transparent as possible in order to motivate people to be civically engaged. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I wish you so much luck on this journey. And I can't wait until I see your name and people can start voting for you because I honestly feel like Girlfriend, you are going to change the fucking world with your, with your attitude and your ambition. So thank you so much for sharing it with us. Oh, I just love you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. You can find me and all things Slightly Unfiltered at slightlyunfiltered.com or on Instagram. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Until next time, you badass bitches. 